0: Gary Renard Podcast, Episode 24. Welcome to the Gary Renard Podcast, your up-close and personal connection to Gary Renard, best-selling author of The Disappearance of the Universe, Your Immortal Reality, and the third book, Love Has Forgotten No One. This is Gene Bogart, podcast producer and Gary's co-host. And this is episode 24. Wait a minute. Oh, ho, 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 Oh, ho, ho. Well, Gary Renard, have you been a good little boy in 2008? No. <laughs> sure you have. <laughs>
1: well, hey, I've, I've, been, I've been the best I could. <laughs> it's that
0: way. we We work with what we have. That's right. So folks will know, and you and I were discussing this briefly before, in, in in our ongoing effort for honesty and full disclosure, we're actually recording this episode just slightly after New Year's, but we didn't really do a Christmas episode this year, so we thought, let's start off this episode with a Christmas theme. You see, and then there's a method to this madness. As we move on through the program, we will wrap up this episode with a New Year's theme, opening up the new year of 2009 as it expands before us. Does that sound good? That sounds really good, <laughs> Okay, great. So how are you, buddy? First of all, I want to touch base and say hi.
2: I'm
1: doing really good. Uh, you know, I had uh, a long year of travel, and uh, it was a little uh, difficult, but at the same time, it was definitely worth it. And uh, it's been kind of like a transition year for me. You know, because this year, even though I'm still going to travel a lot in 2009, uh, I'm going to cut down a little bit. I know I've said that before, but this year I'm actually doing it. And, uh, you actually mean it now. That's going to be helpful. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, I need a little bit more time to write and you know do things like that, and yet I'll still be out there uh, speaking a lot. And uh, I'm kind of settled in now to uh, California, mm-hmm. and I'm getting used to it, so that's good. And, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to Christmas. I have uh, friends here that have kind of, kind of like become a... Extended family for me, kind of like my new family right here because, uh, you know, both my parents passed away a long time ago, and my brother Paul is out in Orlando, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, I see him once in a while, but uh, not very often. And uh, so for Christmas Eve, I'm going to this uh, church service where one of the people who was in this, you know, kind of like adopted family of mine is a uh, doctor of music, and she's also the director of music at this church. And what she does every Christmas Eve is they put on a concert, ah. and they have uh, her play. She's a great organ player, and this this church has a great sound, but she invites these classical musicians to come and play, and they have, like, this great violin player, and a viola player, which I don't see very often, and mm. uh, a cello player. And they do all this stuff, like, by Mozart, and Stuff like that, and just sounds absolutely beautiful. And it's a great way to, uh, you know, celebrate Christmas Eve. and uh, so, you know, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, well, we have to actually,
0: be actually, we have to be honest here, because we said we've actually already done this. Because you know, we'll hear it from our listeners. Oh, you said that it was actually after New Year's you recorded. So the the but we're treating it as if we're in a time warp.
1: Gene, I'm trying to lie here. <laughs>
0: yeah. You're not good at it. That's why I try. To, yeah. No, yeah, you know what I'm
1: saying. And then uh, what I'm going to do?
0: Is, uh, <laughs> yes, surprisingly, these these predictions are all coming true. You've actually, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah. Then uh, no, actually, that was great. It was really great, and uh-huh. she does that every uh, Christmas Eve. And uh, you know, these people have become kind of like my family, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, it's fun. Uh, one of the things I like about Christmas in California is that there's no snow or ice.
0: Yes, I, I enjoy that in South Florida as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I came here from Maine, and Maine is having, like, the worst winter, you know, that they've ever had, like, in 100 years or something. Wow. And I'm totally missing it uh, with great joy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm glad that I have nothing to do with that, and I don't have to scrape that ice off of my windshield. All right.
0: So you're not and, you're yeah. not missing it emotionally. You're just missing it physically. You're not there. <laughs>
1: That's right. Oh, by the way, before we go any further, uh, I got to tell you the um, the building manager and the plumber could knock on the door anytime
0: <laughs> while so, we're while it. we're recording a show. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, but I'm not going to stop if they do that. Okay, uh, I'm just going to let them in. You know, show them to the bathroom because uh, the shower has to be fixed because uh, you get the temperature just right in the shower, and then all of a sudden. Without warning, the scalding hot water will come out. Oh! You know, it turns—it turns suddenly, you know, really hot.
0: You're having a Bogart and, Land uh, experience.
1: Yeah, that's right. And if you don't jump back from it, you could get like burnt. You know? Yeah. So uh, I kind of want that to be fixed. You know, so I don't die in the shower yeah. or something. <laughs> so if I have to interrupt you, uh, I'll just keep talking. You okay. Know, keep doing the podcast, but I'll. Let I'll let them
0: in. You know, a lot of people say so, what, what they enjoy is this actual this, this glimpse into your actual life. You know, and mine too down here to some extent, because you never know what's gonna happen. I think one time somebody fired up a lawnmower outside or you know. So it's the same kind of thing. So this is the reality of it. This is how, how a big time spiritual guru like Gary Renard still has to deal with getting the plumbing fixed, yeah? Yeah, that's
1: right. This is my life. The shower doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's my life. You know what it's like. You know i we could give people a long list of uh, technical difficulties oh. that we've had <laughs> oh, boy. during these podcasts, yeah. but uh, it's actually uh, been a lot of fun. Now, today is what, Tuesday, January the 6th?
0: It's actually the 6th today, which I should say was okay. my dad's birthday. We were talking about parents before. My dad passed away a long time ago, but January 6th yeah. was his birthday.
1: But I would like to give a little bit of a Christmas message.
0: Yeah, I wanted to kind of, of flavor it. it into Christmas, and then, as we say, we'll morph it into New Year's as we go. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, give us a, okay. a little a little Christmas thoughts here, Gare.
1: Okay, because I, I also want to talk about New Year's Eve. Yeah. And uh, then we'll get into uh, questions and answers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But when it comes to Christmas, I'd just like to read uh, a very small section from A Course in Miracles. Uh, it's the part of the text that's called uh, Christmas as the End of Sacrifice. And it's a great section, it's only like two pages, you know, 327 to 329 in the text, but uh, it's really beautiful. Of course, I always use that quotation every year from uh, this section, it says, The sign of Christmas is a star, a light in darkness. See it not outside yourself, but shining in the heaven within, and accept it as the sign, the time of Christ has come. And... Uh, that's a really beautiful quotation, and I like to use that every Christmas. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, the shining in the heaven within, it's like, it's not outside of you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that light and darkness. You know, uh, the word light in The Course of Miracles really means truth. You know, so every time you see the uh, word light in The Course, it's not talking about a physical light or a white light as people usually think about it at first. What it's really talking about is the truth within you. And uh, if you interpret it that way, it makes it, uh, you know, a lot clearer. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, I just want to read uh, two paragraphs here from that same section. Great. Because uh, I think it's really beautiful, and it's a great Christmas message. It says, in the way, this is from The Course in Miracles. For people who don't know, uh, Jesus is the voice of The Course in Miracles. Uh, it's Jesus who's speaking here as I read these words. So, uh, I like Jesus. He really sticks to the Course.
0: He's good that way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He says, uh, in the holy instant, the condition of love is met, for minds are joined without the body's interference. And where there is communication, there is peace. The Prince of Peace was born to reestablish the condition of love by teaching that communication remains unbroken, even if the body is destroyed, provided that you see not the body as the necessary means of communication. And if you understand this lesson, you will realize that to sacrifice the body is to sacrifice nothing. And communication, which must be of the mind, cannot be sacrificed. Where, then, is sacrifice? The lesson I was born to teach, and still would teach to all my brothers, is that sacrifice is nowhere, and love is everywhere. For communication embraces everything, and in the peace it reestablishes love comes of itself. Let no despair darken the joy of Christmas, for the time of Christ is meaningless apart from joy. Let us join in celebrating peace by demanding no sacrifice of anyone. And so you offer me the love I offer you. What can be more joyous than to perceive we are deprived of nothing? You know, such is the message of the time of Christ, which I give you, that you may give it and return it to the Father who gave it to me. For in the time of Christ, communication is restored, and he joins us in the celebration of his Son's creation. You know, that's really beautiful. That's a couple of paragraphs from... Uh, that section, Christmas is the End of Sacrifice. By the way, that line, uh, you know, what can be more joyous when to perceive we are deprived of nothing? Uh, There's a line earlier in that section that says, as long as you perceive the body as your reality, so long will you perceive yourself as lonely and deprived. You know, so really to see yourself as a body and think of yourself as a body is to see yourself as deprived. And on some level, you'll always think that you're Pride, because, as the Course teaches, the body represents kind of like a limit on communication.
0: Yeah, the ultimate image of separation.
1: Yeah. So the body is a limit on communication. As long as you identify with that, your communication is limited. And here in this section, you know, he's saying where communication is restored, and in, which is always done at the level of the mind, then you realize that the body uh, is not necessary for communication. And uh, communication is then kind of like reconnected between you and others. Mm-hmm you know, and to sacrifice the body is to sacrifice nothing. I think it's interesting that this whole thing is very much, you know, in harmony with the other section in the Course uh, called The Message of the Crucifixion. Uh-huh. You know, it's kind of like, you see these themes uh, come up over and over again in different ways, you know, throughout the text. And, you know, he may not mention, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing for a while, but then after 20 pages you see it again, and it's really uh, very, uh, you know, kind of like holographic, where you... You'll find these things in every section Mm -hmm. of the course, but they're put in different ways, and they keep, you know, making you understand more and more uh, what it means. And then as the ego is gradually undone through forgiveness, uh, you can go back and read these things, and you just get them on a completely different level. It's like, uh, you really get them... You know in a, a much deeper
0: way that always amazes me with the course how you can reread something and, and for me some things that I read 15 years ago and I, I've, I've you know gone back and seen the same the same line or the same paragraph and it always ha- it unfolds to a deeper level of meaning as you go it it's a it's like a living thing it very it's very very unique the way it it works on an ongoing basis with you the longer that you're uh, paying attention to this
1: yeah I found that works with the courses teachings uh, yeah, that even happens with me in the Discurrence of the Universe because a lot of people forget that uh, you know the dialogue in the Discurrence of the Universe took place mostly in the 1990s.
0: Right. Yeah, it's been a while. And
1: uh, you know, then uh, you know, I I haven't really read the whole book in years. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'll go back and uh, you know, I'll look at parts of it because I quote from it, and then I'll be looking through a section that I haven't seen in years, <laughs> and I'll read a couple of paragraphs, and it's like, wow. Did it really say that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you surprise yourself. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, because, uh, I mean, I, I'm responsible for part of the book, but certainly Art and Curse are the main teachers right. uh, in the book, and they they say things that, uh, you know, I go back and see later, and it's like, wow, you know, that's really something. So uh, that that's what kind of, like, tells me that uh, Disappearance has that same holographic nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the course. And I think that's one of the reasons that it keeps going year after year and people keep sharing with each other year after year. Uh, the book did very well in the, in the past year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people just keep sharing it very much like the course itself. And uh, I just think it's really cool that the two go together so well. Uh, of course, the main difference is the disappearances in street language. and uh, <laughs> Street you know, language. like Yeah. And they kind of like... <laughs> yeah you know, puts it in a way that people get it, and then they go back and read the course, and they understand the course better, so it works together like that.
0: Well, it's that old can opener aspect that you talked about. Disappearance is like it lets you get into the can, the material of the course, that much easier, because you have a good tool to help open that up.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. So, uh, anyway, I had a great Christmas, and uh, the day after Christmas, as you know, now this is where uh, we start to get uh into contact with each other because it just so happens that the day after <laughs> christmas uh i flew to miami beach and uh you just happened to live about a half an hour from there
0: yeah a little more than that but not bad we're up in boca raton area so uh, 45 minutes away but yeah same neck of the woods you were here in well, south florida a half an hour again. Ah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh actually uh, I stayed at the Fountain Blue there.
0: Yeah! Wow! Uh, the my, famous uh, Fountain Blue, darling. What a hotel!
1: Well, I want to stay there ever since I was a kid because uh, you know I saw the movie Goldfinger mm-hmm. when I was like 13. Sean Connery, the opening scene, he's there at the Fountain Blue. You know, in Miami Beach, big banner says "Welcome to Miami Beach." Right. And he's spying on Goldfinger, and Goldfinger is playing cards with somebody, and he's uh, tipping off uh, the person. You know what? What? Goldfinger's hand is so the other person can beat him. Right. And Goldfinger gets furious and everything. That. And he meets this beautiful woman, Shirley Eaton, I think it was, you know, and when you're thirteen years old, I mean, you know, that's like Boy. Uh, you know, have to drive you crazy. <laughs> yeah, really. And uh so it's like uh, you know, I want to stay here and that, you know, finally uh I just stayed for the first time at the Fountain Blue and it was wonderful. I mean what yeah. a great
0: place. Yeah, they just had a massive Absolutely. renovation this past year. It's been a lot of a lot of talk down here in South Florida about oh the new the new renovation at the Fountain Blue. They kept all the classic architecture and that great look, but just everything is like spiffy and new and yeah, you were saying it's just amazing inside. I didn't get to see it inside.
1: Yeah, it's an amazing place. And uh I was with uh, a friend we'll say, uh a mystery woman. Ooh. And uh, <laughs> and uh you know, we went to like places uh like Espinola Way in uh in South Beach. And it's like going back in time, you know, it's all Spanish uh, architecture. Mm. Uh narrow street, no no cars or anything like that and they just uh you know, presented so well and, and the people there are so great. I really loved it. That's like the main interest of South Beach. We also went to uh you know uh Lincoln uh I think it's Lincoln Drive. Oh,
0: Lincoln Road, right? Right. It's Lincoln kind of right Road, next to Española there. down there. Yeah, that's another great zone of of all types of shops and restaurants and great places.
1: Yeah, I loved it. And, uh, you know, it was warm, of course, and... uh and we got to see each other a couple of times. I came up to our favorite place here at the Mai Kai.
0: Yes, we got to do an evening at the Mai Kai in Fort Lauderdale. That's always a great time. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I know it's become legendary yeah. here, everybody, all our podcast fans. Oh, do you guys go to the Maikai? So, but it's, well, it's a great Hawaiian-themed uh, restaurant with terrific food.
1: It was fantastic, and it was great seeing Helen again. And, of course, that led us eventually to uh, New Year's Eve.
0: Yes, we, I, we can tell people we got to spend New Year's Eve together this year. That was great. We had a wonderful time.
1: That's right. You and Helen, uh, and uh, me and uh, Mystery Woman and uh it was like we did a cruise of uh Miami Harbor, which was fantastic. Fireworks, mm-hmm. dinner.
0: It was know. it was great. It was a great time. Dancing on deck as the fireworks were flower flowering above us. It was incredible. Yeah, we had a great Absolutely.
1: time. I really think that you should have danced with Helen though instead
0: of Well, you me. know, I, I <laughs> Wait, I have photographic evidence.
1: <laughs> hey, we're just kidding, guys. Okay, don't start any rumors.
0: Yes, yes. No, but it was a great time, and it was great seeing you down here. So it was a uh, good. And as you say, it was uh, substantially warmer here in South Florida than than Southern California that you left. It was actually kind of cold out there, huh?
1: Yeah, Southern California has been down in the fifties uh, a lot lately. It was uh, very warm here most of the year up until December. Then. Mm. Uh, and that happens sometimes, but what's going to happen this week is the Santa Ana winds are going to come in, and what that does is brings warm weather. So by Monday, when I get back from Sedona to Southern California, it's supposed to be about 82 degrees. Ooh! So uh, it does change here depending on the direction of the wind. If the wind is coming off the ocean,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's going to be cool. But if you get those uh, warm Santa Ana winds from the desert, yeah. then it, it definitely uh, warms up significantly.
0: Well, you definitely want to get the Santa Ana winds and not a visit from the ghost of Santa Ana, because that could be a disaster. So don't let that happen.
1: That's for sure. That's for sure. I'd I'd be going back to the Alamo. Yeah,
0: right.
1: Actually, I was at the Alamo. uh,
0: Yeah, I think you mentioned that uh, one. It was a while ago, right?
1: Yeah, I mentioned this uh, because it'll also be in the next book. Mm -hmm. it was this guy from Ohio uh, named William Harrison. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a very interesting story, which I'll I'll save for later, but... uh, yeah it is mentioned in uh, the next book and uh you know now that we're into the the new year, I want to wish everybody a happy new year mm-hmm. and I want to use that quote from the course you know and I wanted to get into it just a little bit deeper because uh a lot of people say this the quote is uh and this was Jesus talking to Helen uh specifically and he was saying to her, you know make this year different by making it all the same' And uh, that's a very interesting statement, because it's saying that uh, it is all the same. Because uh, if the world is not real, if it's an illusion, and if it's not your reality, then there isn't any distinction to be made about, you know, this big thing over here and this little thing over here, because they're both the same. Which means that they're all equally forgivable, which brings you right back to that very first principle uh, in the course, that you know, this first 15 miracles principles, the very first one is there is no order of difficulty in miracles. Right. You know, one is not harder or bigger than another.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It says they are all the same. And when Jesus says, make this year different by making it all the same, well, no matter what happens, no matter what comes up, and I'm, you know, even if I say this every year, I uh, kind of like get more determined every year to actually do it. Yeah. So it's like this year, okay, so far, and this is like January 6th, so far, everything that has come up uh, this year, and there have been a few things that have come up, and uh, it's like everything that comes up, I'm determined to remember that, because if I remember that uh, it is all the same, and there is no order of difficulty in miracles, it just reminds me to forgive it that much quicker, if I kind of like have that mantra in my mind. Then it's kind of like you're in that state of miracle readiness, as the course says. It's like you're ready to forgive almost no matter what comes up, you know. And this is a, a difficult time for a lot of people, as you know. Uh, the economy is very challenged.
2: Oh yeah,
1: right now, and a lot of people are being very challenged, and it's not easy. Yet there's an irony there because uh, sometimes when things get bad, you know, people turn more to spirituality than they do when times are good.
0: Well, in a way, that's good. That's the good take. On, on a difficult situation. If you can learn something and come out of it somehow stronger, especially spiritually stronger, then that was its purpose.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. And so, um, you know, whatever comes up this year, I'm determined to kind of like see it as being all the same.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I'm, I'm starting to feel like I'm getting it on a deeper level. You know, and this has been going on. I've been doing this for like 16 years now. I started, right. you know, Arden first appeared at the end of 92 uh Twice they introduced me to A Course in Miracles at the end of the second visit. I bought my first copy of the course, uh, like, the second or third day of, of 1993. Mm-hmm. So it's been uh, 16 years now yeah. that I've been doing this. And I found that every couple of years, every few years, I feel like I'm getting it on a deeper level. And I think that this year is a year where I'll be able to apply it to anything that comes up quickly. Mm-hmm. And if I can do that, then uh, that's doing something. So, you know, and it makes the year a great year, regardless of what appears to happen. Right. You know, because you used it for what it was for. It's like the Course asks us so much, you know, what is it for? Well, what it's for is forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is the means of the atonement. uh, You know, you can't get to the end without utilizing the means. And if forgiveness is the means of the atonement, and if you do it, Then you're doing what the Course calls, you know, accepting your sole responsibility. Uh It says uh, the sole responsibility of the miracle worker is to accept the atonement for himself. So if you practice forgiveness, which is the means of the atonement, then you're doing it. You know, you're accepting your sole responsibility. You don't have to worry about anybody else. You know, you don't have to, uh, you know, fix anybody else or point out to anybody else, you know, what they're doing wrong. You know, which so many Course in Miracles students do, because um, they don't realize a couple of things. First of all, they don't realize that what the Course does is it kind of like brings up this unconscious guilt to the surface. And it makes them feel uncomfortable. And uh, they don't realize the unconscious resistance that they have you know, to this message.
0: Right, it stirs so, things uh, up.
1: The, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Uh, Because it stirs things up, and, you know, the ego hates that, so sometimes things seem to get a little bit uh, edgy, you know, even though you think you're making progress, why is all this other stuff coming at me now? But that's just the ego's response to your trying to move ahead.
1: That's right. When the the Course says that the ego's range of emotion is from suspiciousness (laughs) to viciousness, right? (laughs) well, uh, if you start to uh, question its thought system, it can shift into viciousness. Mm -hmm. But most people don't realize... That the way that shows up in the world is that they project their unconscious guilt onto other people. So the next thing you know, a course in miracles students are uh, pointing out things about you. You know, instead of forgiving right. things, yeah. they start pointing out things about you. And uh, not only that, but they'll you know they'll come up with the worst, impossible int- interpretation of you uh, in order to project this unconscious guilt onto you. So. You know, the Course talks about special love and special hate. Well, let's say that you're one of the people, or, uh, for example, let's say that I'm one of the people that somebody doesn't like. Well, if they like me, and if they saw me uh, having a couple of beers, then uh, they would say, okay, he likes beer. But if they don't like me, then the interpretation will become, oh, he's an alcoholic. (laughs) You know, and and they'll start uh, calling you names. And, uh, well, the same is true, like, if you date women. Uh, If they like you, and if you date women, well, you date women. Mm -hmm. You know, which uh, I would assume if you're single, then that would be okay. Right. Uh, But if they don't like you, then, no, you don't date women. You're a womanizer. (laughs) You know, so now, uh, you know, one interpretation is that you're a single man who drinks beer and dates women. Right. The other interpretation is you're an alcoholic and a womanizer.
0: <laughs> Maybe a mass murderer. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Why stop uh, there? <laughs> that's right. There's, there's that poor guy who wrote an article who suggested that I could be a murderer.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, Mr. Violence.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it was like, you know, no reason to say that. Right. You know, certainly no evidence of anything like that, but he said it anyway. And what people don't realize. Is that what they're doing? Is they're seeing in the other person what A Course in Miracles calls the secret sins and hidden hates that they really have about themselves.
0: Yeah, projection.
1: That's projection, and that's the hardest thing for A Course in Miracles students to get. I think it takes a long time before they actually stop themselves and realize what they're doing. Because, uh, you know, what most people will do is they'll, uh, you know, tear you apart for half an hour. Then they'll say, but I forgive you.
0: <laughs> yeah, how, how nice.
1: <laughs> and, uh, you know, but Jesus says in the Course, he says, no, you have made it real, and by making it real, you cannot forgive it.
0: Yeah, you forgive it by seeing it's not real.
1: Right. You don't, uh, you don't forgive it by making it real for half an hour and mm. then saying, but I forgive you. You know, so many people uh, attack in the name of love you know, and in the name of forgiveness. And, uh, you know, that ain't it. That's mm-hmm. not how it's done. Right. You know, the way that it's done is by stopping yourself, stopping your judgments, realizing what you're doing, realizing that you're projecting your own unconscious guilt about this other person, because if you weren't doing that, you wouldn't judge them in the first place. If you realized what you were doing, if you realized that you were projecting your own unconscious guilt onto this person and seeing your own secret sins and hidden hates in this person as a way of hopefully getting rid of it. If you could see that, then you wouldn't do it anymore.
2: Uh-huh.
1: You know, so real forgiveness is when you stop doing it. Right. You know, real forgiveness is when you catch yourself doing it and you stop. Not when you uh, go on for half an hour, you know, tearing the other person apart.
0: There so you go.
1: that's know. my uh, yeah. New Year's. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: well, you know, it boils down to the same thing you just said about making it all the same, because in the in the in the ultimate oneness, you know, we have God is and that's all. So everything is yeah. this perfect oneness in heaven that we share as the one mind created by our creator. There's nothing else. So there's that's making it all the same. And, you know, that's the the wonderful oneness that is our reality. So anything else that we seem to have it being something else. So it's not all the same, it's some, it's, it becomes specialized, it's specialized, it's, it's the same word that species comes from, it's to slice something off from the whole. So you've got things that seem to be separated now and projected literally out there. And that's what we seem to think is real. So that's where it's not all the same. If we keep reminding ourselves that ultimately it is, and that's where we're moving back towards that oneness, that wholeness. Uh, you know that really solves the problem, and that and projection is at the very essence of the ego's uh, illusion. It really is the the whole basis of the universe, as well as the basis of hatreds between people. So that's why it's so hard to overcome that, because that's really the the cornerstone of the ego's block, if you will. Does that make sense? Did uh, you repeat that?
1: Uh, no, I can't. You know what no, we should I'm do? Just Look- kidding, you. No, oh, I know. I know. Actually, that makes that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And uh, actually, notice uh, I get a lot of emails. Uh, from people who actually comment about how well you understand the course, I and mean, ah. you understand the course just as well as I do, and uh, oh, I'm going to
0: quote you on that. that now.
1: <laughs> and I know you did uh, a teleconference call or something a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah, just recently, I, uh, I guest hosted for uh, your well, our mutual friend uh, Reverend Jennifer Hadley, who's out on the west coast out there in your area. And um, that's right. She- uh,
1: I might see Jennifer uh, next week if oh. I go to Agape. There's oh, cool! Great spiritual place out here yeah uh michael beckwith who's huge he's going to be on larry king tonight he's going to be on oprah tomorrow yeah now that's
0: tonight as we record this by the time people hear it it'll it'll be too late but maybe they'll rerun it again he's great michael beckwith and uh yeah i really like his work a lot i'm looking forward to meeting him in person we're we're friends on facebook um but uh, no he's he's just always a great guy uh maybe larry king will rerun it on the weekend and then people will have heard the podcast they can still catch it or on the website but uh that should be really cool but uh, yeah, so I got to uh, guest guest uh, guest moderate a uh, a course in miracles uh, teleconference call that she does weekly. Uh, that was about two weeks ago, and uh, it was great. We had a really wonderful time there. It worked out really really well. And you actually said you heard yes. you got a couple of emails from people complimenting me, letting you know that. Well, that's good to hear.
1: Well, yeah I mean you were only supposed to do an hour right and you ended up doing like three
0: and a half hours it was hours. like three and a half hours we just kept going it was so it was you know how time just flies when you're kind of in the spiritual zone you know and a lot of people had questions and other people had commentary to add you know our buddy Stephen was there, Stephen who produces our spoofs. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen came on board, and he he's very knowledgeable. Aside from his comedic skills, uh, he's actually very very deeply knowledgeable. He really gets the course, and so he was really really helpful in in his contributions with that call. I know.
1: So, in fact, didn't we call Stephen on
0: the? We we called <laughs> him on New Year's. Yes. <laughs> the two of us. He very much appreciated that. I I spoke to him the next day. So. <laughs> we
1: called him from the ship. That was a riot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like. Um, you know, you understand the course extremely well. I think that you and I are going to be doing more projects together, uh, not just uh, the podcast, but you know, a couple of other things that will surprise people yeah. as we go along. And uh, certainly one of them, and this is going to take a while, so I don't want anybody to think this is going to happen next week, but one of the things we're going to do is, because uh, many people have requested audio books of... Uh, not only uh, Disappearance, which has an audio book, which you and I participated on, right? but that's an abridged version.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was
1: such a long book. For a, full version. a lot of people right. have asked for an unabridged version that has the whole uh, book in it. And uh, people have asked for uh, audio CDs of your immortal reality, which mm-hmm. we haven't done yet. And then there's the third book. So what we're going to do is we're going to do all three books on audio CD, and they'll be unabridged. So you're talking about over 800 pages. Yeah, of uh, material there. So it's going to take a little while. But uh, you know, for all those people who have requested audio CDs of so the first book unabridged and the other two as well, uh, we're going to do that. And you know, you can buy just one of them, or you can get all three of them. But uh, you know, eventually, that's something that uh, is going to happen. And I just want people to know that because a lot of people have asked
0: about it. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I hear also, I get a lot of emails about that. And, uh, yeah, so we, we don't have a, a date set, but it's definitely in the works and we are planning on doing that because a lot of people do want that. The Disappearance of Universe is an extremely long book as far as books go. It's almost twice the length of most average books. So the abridged version that we did was like probably less than half. It was about 40% of the, of the content. Uh, and I know you Right.
1: You, I would say out of the 409 pages. And it worked, actually, because Art and Perser guided me. I, I chose 160 pages
0: mm-hmm.
1: out of uh, the 409, and we still got in all the basic teachings and the basic relationships between Art and Purser and myself, and, mm-hmm. you know, how it all came together and all that. Uh, we were still able to pull it off. So even though it was an abridged version, it's kind of like a Reader's Digest condensed version of a book, you know. Uh, you know, you could still get it, and you could still definitely uh, use it to understand both the disappearance, and certainly A Course in Miracles a lot more. Uh, the difference is is, is that, uh, you know, with the non version of the book, I think there's even more, and you keep getting it deeper, just like if, uh, you know, if you only read half the text, uh, you, don't, you get it as deeper as you right. get A Course in Miracles if you read the whole text, so yeah, I think it's, it's just a, a question of having it more on a deeper level, and then it extends naturally into the second and
0: third books. And uh, the the, I mean? the reinforcement aspect of uh, a lot of people say that they'll they'll listen to the audio CDs many many times. It's not like a somebody should just read a book once. Maybe you read it a second time, but the audio people tend to play that over and over to really let it sink in. So having the 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 sheer content in its entirety will be that much more helpful to reinforce that message in all the details.
1: That's true. Plus, uh, people spend a lot of time in their cars uh, yeah. commuting and uh, or traveling, and, and they. Uh they feel like they're making good use of their time if they can listen to an audio CD. Right. You know, it's not like they're just, you know, wasting their time uh, driving along, not that there's anything wrong with looking at things and experiencing the country, which I do, but uh, I think people feel like they're making really good use of their time if Mm -hmm. they, you know, take those trips and and listen to a a good audio CD. By the way, my new audio CD with uh, Sounds True is doing well.
0: Oh yeah, Great. that's right. Cause that just a couple of weeks ago that came out. I think our last show we were talking about the release of that. Uh, what's the name of that yep. again? Why, why don't we give it a plug, Gare? What's the name on that new one? Uh, it's called Fearless Love. Fearless Love.
1: Yes, the subtitle is uh, the answer to the problem of human existence. Whoa. Yeah, that's uh, actually a, a coin that was, uh, or a phrase that was coined by. Uh, this guy back in the late 50s. There was this German psychologist named Erich Fromm. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember him.
0: No, I do remember him, yeah.
1: And he wrote this book, which was really good for the time. It's called The Art of Loving.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the loving he was talking about wasn't uh, sexual. It was like a- actual real love. Yeah. And uh, he didn't put it on the same level as a Course in Miracles, but he definitely uh, you know, had it down in terms of that being the answer. Mm-hmm. You know, love being the answer to the problem of human existence. So I kind of like stole that for the subtitle for, uh, fearless love. And, uh, it's really, uh, fun working for sounds true. The tapes came out really well. And, uh, there are actually a couple of other things. I have a, a new DVD, uh, and you can get these things at my website, but I have a new DVD that these guys, uh, you know, put out who are from Colorado
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, you know, It's about undoing the ego. That's kind of like a, a representation of my full-day workshop. It, it was recorded live uh, in Denver. Uh-huh. And so that's there. And then on top of that, uh, just now I'm in a new movie. And uh, the new movie is called Leap. Uh, and uh, it's, it's very good. Uh, there are great people in it uh, being interviewed. Uh, There's Dan Millman. Who Mm -hmm. wrote uh, the the way of the peaceful warrior? Right. Uh, He does a really good job. And there's this guy named Robert Sheinfeld who I really like.
0: You were telling me about him, yeah?
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, people can see the trailer for that. They can see uh, the preview of it by going to YouTube and just typing in, uh, you know, leap the movie, and or you could say leap the movie trailer, Mm -hmm. and uh, the preview for that would come up. And it's it's a really exciting preview I mean most of the trailers I see for spiritual type uh, movies where they interview people they they look pretty boring you know in this trailer like these two guys Chad and Isaac who made the movie they're both only around 30 years old and they're like real go-getters and they they make it exciting you know and uh, if you see this trailer you'll see what I mean because it's exciting trailer. It Mm -hmm. really shows you what the movie is going to be like.
0: Yeah, I've I've actually seen uh, that. It is really worth watching. It's a nice little tight piece that really kind of explains what it's all about.
1: Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. So I really like working with these guys. And uh, they'll have the movie uh, all over the country in churches, uh, unity churches, Mm -hmm. Christ of Mind, science churches. Uh, Their premiere in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, uh, drew over 500 people. Wow. And uh, so... I think it's going to be uh, one of the bigger spiritual type movies
2: mm-hmm. of
1: that genre. I think a lot of people are going to see it. And uh, it's going to be at a lot of places uh, where people have an opportunity to see it in uh, the next few months. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's called Leap. And uh, so that's what I've been up to. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, I'm looking forward to the third book coming out. It's threatening to escape, actually, <laughs> uh, being released.
0: Not being released, it's escaping.
1: Right. <laughs> in fact, the way things are going, the book may be out in Dutch before English.
0: Oh, there you go.
1: So, you know, there's going to be something going on there when, when somebody has actually taken the book and translated it and managed to get it out before your publisher puts it out in English. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, well, I'll get into that later, but uh, mm. those are the kinds of things that come up that I'm talking about where you need to forgive. And uh, when it, get, it always comes back to that, you know, making this year different by making it all the same. It's like, uh, yeah, whatever it is, and, and for you, it'll seem personal. Like for me, what I just said, that seemed personal to mm-hmm. me. And you got to realize that no, it, it's not personal. It's something that uh, is just there. That's part of the dream that needs to be forgiven and released. And. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's an irony there, and and I I can't explain it, but sometimes when you forgive something, uh, things change. It's like, I'm not saying that that's the purpose of it. Right. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, for example, like if I was in a bank and the teller was really slow and kept talking to this person and didn't weigh on me, uh, you know, I, I start to get aggravated. Well, it seems to keep on going. But if I change my mind about it and forgive the situation you know, and uh, infuse love into the situation, all of a sudden she stops talking to this person and, and asks me to come over. Right. You know, And, you know, you could call that a coincidence, but I think that uh, there's kind of like two different things going on here. There's the ego script, but then there's also the Holy Spirit script, which uh, even though it doesn't change the ego script, it is a different interpretation of the ego script. And in doing so, when you practice forgiveness, one of the Holy Spirit's functions is to collapse time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And also, uh, is the Holy Spirit's also in charge of you know, different dimensions, uh, whether or not you switch dimensions and things like that. And it is possible for a corresponding shift uh, seemingly in the dream to happen as a result of forgiveness, just as long as we remember that we're not changing anything. Uh, it's like that analogy that we've used before where, uh, you know, you could have like an alternate ending on a DVD. Right. Well, you, you could switch over to the alternate ending. Now, it doesn't mean that you're changing anything because even that alternate ending has already been filmed. It's right. already there. You know, so it's part of a fixed system. You know, it's not like you're changing it or adding to it or anything like that. But in looking at it differently, sometimes the Holy Spirit... Uh, will cause things to seem different within that fixed system within that organized framework that has already been filmed mm-hmm. as the course says the script is written and it's all there and it's all over you know it's definitely over and it definitely has a happy resolution uh, because the course teaches that the Holy Spirit looked back from the end of time so we already know that there's an end and and that it's going to be a happy ending right and uh, you know there can be like those corresponding shifts that take place you know, as a result of looking at it differently. But that's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to look at it differently. Our responsibility is to accept the atonement for ourselves, and that's our sole responsibility. Mm -hmm. And everything else is up to the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit controls everything else. Or if you want to call it Jesus, at one point Jesus says in the Course, He says, I am in charge of time and space. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think He really means that. And uh, there are some pretty cool things that can happen as a result of practicing forgiveness.
0: And as you say, it's not the goal to have things change, but that many times will be sort of a secondary effect that shows up. Um, So, you know, the one thing we always say in the course as well, uh, seek not to change the world, but change your mind about the world. So you're changing your perception. You're literally choosing to think with the Holy Spirit. And then not only will your perception change, but often it will actually, as you say, kind of shifts into an optional experience that would be different than what you might have had had you not made the choice to forgive.
1: That's right, it can be a different experience, it can even act itself out by switching dimensions of time. I'll just give you one quick example. You're driving down the highway, uh, somebody cuts you off, you get angry, and you give him the finger, right? Well, the guy's got a gun, and he shoots you, Yeah. and you're dead. You, you know, and that's one possible scenario right. as a result of not practicing forgiveness. You give the guy the finger, and you're dead, because you know he had a gun until it was too late. Uh, in the other scenario, you're driving along the highway, the same guy cuts you off, and you stop yourself, and you practice forgiveness, and you don't give the guy the finger. And you don't know it any better. You don't know that the guy had a gun. But the difference is, you're alive. Yeah. And that's a different outcome. hmm You know, you're either dead or alive. That's how practical uh, forgiveness can be. And what you're talking about, there's two different scenarios. You know, it's like, uh, I went to see uh, Ken Wapnick a while ago, because uh, he's not that far from me here in, in uh, California. Yeah, and right. he, he said that there are two tapes that have already been filmed. One is it, uh, actually, let me see what that is. Somebody's knocking on the door.
0: Oh, this might be the, the, the interruption. you. Yeah, were hang on good. just a minute. Okay.
1: Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. I want to check the out. Sure. Come on in. Yeah, you can go uh, right in the shower there. I'm just going to keep talking here, but uh, that'd be cool.
0: You see, now, a normal podcast producer would plan on editing that out. There's no way I'm going to edit that out. That's so cool. No,
1: you don't have to edit it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, the point is you got two different scenarios yeah. going on there. Yeah. And uh, depending on whether you choose to see it right, the outcome can be very practical and very much in your favor. Uh, there is a, you know... A difference, But what you have to realize is that both of those things have already been filmed. And just what I was going to quote Ken Lopic as saying, I don't know if you can hear the water in the background. Yes,
0: yeah, we do that. hear that. It gives a nice little ambiance in the background there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But uh, huh. he said there's been one tape that's already been filmed where John McCain won the election. Ah. And there's another tape that's already been filmed where Obama won the election. Uh-huh. And he said, you know, either one of those could play out, but they've already been filmed, that's the
0: point. So there's and actually there's mentions- a there's a horror film as well as like an interesting adventure film. So it depends <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But no, I know what you're saying. That yeah, that the, the multiple it's almost like the, uh, the the multiple streams of the universe kind of theory, which it kind of really is, that the these these alternate experiences are are there simultaneously. The Holy Spirit is sort of moving us to to, to the one that we uh, that we're at because uh, yes, of, of yep. where our mind is at. That makes sense. Yeah. Check, check with the plumber. Uh, no, see. you can go right in.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I'm sorry. I got to get this fixed. Cause this could kill me. You know? And. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I agree with everything you said, and I didn't even hear it. But
0: it's <laughs> like a- I hope our listeners appreciate the. the we're willing to bare our souls in in the true reality of of what we are here, Gary. Yeah, we're not even pretending to be professional anymore. <laughs>
1: Well, hey, that's okay. You know, uh, we're all friends here, right? Yes, yes. You, even our listeners. You know, you we become, we become
0: friends. A lot of us. It, you know, well, the one uh, thing, and the reason that that we kind of leave a lot of these, uh, you know, these little <laughs> little little difficulties in the show is uh, a lot of people actually. I hear the guy talking. Uh, Hang on just a second. Okay. I'll just go ahead and talk while Gary's busy there. But I I know that a lot of listeners email me and say, you know, we kind of actually enjoy that. It's like a real glimpse into into the real life of what you guys are doing. It's it's a reality show. That's it. The the Gary Renard podcast, the reality show that you listen to. He's still talking with the plumber. All right. Wait, he may be back now. I heard it was a shower problem, so it's nothing too distasteful, I guess. Right, oh, okay, yeah, the guy right. just
1: left uh he's going to come back Thursday and fix it. he needs uh he needs to see what was going on
0: ah, cool right. well we and, won't uh, we won't record again on Thursday.
1: well, I'll be going to Sedona on Thursday, so I told Ooh. him you know that uh the building supervisor Karina can just let him in and he can just do it. He just wanted permission to do that, you know, make mm-hmm. sure it was okay, cool, but there won't be anybody here i'm I'm going to uh Sedona, Arizona on Thursday for a conference, yeah. And, uh, I'll be actually, I'm a keynote speaker at this, uh, it's called finding the gift in shift.
0: Ooh, the office. gift in shift. That's okay. Pronounce that carefully, but, uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I I hear Sedona's and, uh, terrific. I've never been out there, but uh, Sedona is very, you know, very new agey kind of place, but there's a lot of really cool people that live there and a lot of really cool stuff that takes place.
1: There are, and uh, it's a beautiful place. And, uh, I'll be the final speaker, so, you know, you have all these new-age people giving all their new-age theories and complicated, uh, you know, things, and, uh, you know, it sounds really cool. And then I'll be the last speaker, and I'll, I'll get up and destroy everything that they believe in.
0: <laughs> Completely. No numbers, no crystals, no no nothing going on with you. It just, it just the raw truth and a few jokes. That's right. It's a good
1: thing for the jokes, too, because that helps me uh, to kind of, like, you know, warm up to people a little bit and it uh, makes everything work much
0: better uh, people always say they say very much how they enjoy your humor you it's disarming you know but uh, a lot of people are so serious in, in spirituality so I, I think it really is a welcome change when somebody is lighthearted, hearted uh, as well as having obviously a good message hey you know we promised a couple of questions we're, we're in a we're kind of running out of time you want to get to a couple of quick questions Sure. Let's do it. It's the least we can do. And this first one, these, as as I mentioned the last episode, we're kind of cleaning house. We have a lot of questions that we've yet to get to. So I'm, these are all kind of older ones that I have in front of me here. So I'm picking two of the ones. Uh, so they're from a couple of years back, actually, because in, in, we've been doing this over two years now. And uh, so anyway, this one came, and I just thought oh, it By was,
1: the way, Gene, yep. uh, one thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you've been promising to do this for a long time. This... Show, you know, we want to get into our, you know, Christmas and right. New Year's experiences and things like that, which is fine. But I think the next show will just about start off. I mean, we've done this before, but I think the next show will, will just start off with questions and answers pretty quickly.
0: Do the whole show, yeah. The,
1: yeah, do the whole show on questions and answers. But we can do a couple right now, so... I'll yeah, i got sorry. a Go cu-
0: couple of quick ones here that'll fit in re- real nicely, and then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll shoot for that, and we're going to try to do our next episode uh, pretty quickly. We'll try to get a second one out in the month of January. That's our target. That's the target right now. And then we'll make that other show virtually all questions, so that'll be good. We'll get a bunch of them done. Uh, and if Thank you have a people can send them in still, uh, you know, you'll find that on our Forgiveness.TV uh, website. And you know, there's an email link. You can send them to me and then uh, we'll put them together. But we do have a, a big backlog and we'll be working that off here. This one came in. Now, it's appropriate that I read this on this program, even though it's not from this year. But it starts off. It says, Dear Gary and Jean, Merry Christmas and, and congratulations on your books and podcasts. So even though it's not this past Christmas, it's a Christmas question. But anyway, here's here's this is from George, and he says, I'm having trouble understanding the illusory nature of the world. And this is a little bit like we were just discussing today. Um, It seems like a contradiction when the course says the world is not real. And when one of the workbook lessons then states, God is in everything I see. Should I try to perceive and forgive the world by finding only the good in it or by not taking it seriously at all? So the seeming contradiction there is that the Course says the world is not real, and yet it says God is in everything I see. So, Gary, what's up with that? <laughs> okay. Uh,
1: well, you got to put things into context. You know, uh, For example, that workbook lesson, uh, God is in everything I see, right, which mm-hmm. is workbook lesson number 29. You can't read it by itself. You have to go on to the next workbook lesson. Right. The next workbook lesson, number 30, says, God is in everything I see because God is in my mind. See, now that's something different.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It's not that God is in, you know, like pantheism. It's not pantheism where you say, oh, God is in that chair. You're saying God is in that chair because God is in my mind. And where is that chair coming from? Uh The chair is a projection that is coming from my mind. It's not a real chair. You know, it's not like it's actually there. And how can God be in something that isn't there? Right. You know, which which is what the Course is teaching. So you have to, you know, kind of like put uh, things into perspective. Uh, That flow of lessons there, those early workbook lessons. You know, it's not just that God is in everything I see. God is in everything I see because God is in my mind. And so now what you do is you change the way that you're looking at that chair or whatever it is. Because now you're looking at it with God instead of the ego, and that's the whole emphasis of the Course. And then the very next workbook lesson is, I am not the victim of the world I see. And you start to see how those are fitting together.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, you're not a victim of the world you see because the world is a projection that is coming from your mind. You're the one who's doing it. And so it's kind of circular, and it starts to get back to that whole point that there are two different ways of looking at what you're seeing. And one of them is, uh, you know, with God, which is certainly represented by the Holy Spirit uh, in this world, or, you know, the ego, but either way you choose to look at it, at least you can get where it's coming from. Which is why uh, the Course eventually gets to what you quoted earlier, Gene, which is, uh, seek not to change the world, but seek rather to change your mind about the world.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's the whole point of the Course. And uh, I think what you have to do with the Course is you have to look at the big picture. Right. You know, uh, a lot of people don't see the forest because they're too busy looking at the trees.
2: Yeah.
1: And the the Course is the forest. You know, the Course is a big teaching. It's on a very big level. It's not, uh, you know, this little tiny uh, level. You have to kind of like take a propensity of evidence and and look at, you know, that flow of lessons and see how they're fitting together. You know, uh, just a little bit later, it says, my mind is part of God's. Mm -hmm. You know, I am very holy. And what those first 50 uh, workbook lessons or so are trying to do, especially, uh, is it, it's kind of like undoing undoing the way that you're looking at the world now. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, uh, I get my other phone ring in here, I'm just going to see who it is this, uh, really quickly. This, uh, <laughs> okay, that's a private call, so I'm not going to answer oh, it. Oh, good. It doesn't say who it's coming from. This
0: is the most interrupted podcast we have ever produced.
1: Well, actually, it could be somebody at uh, the front door ah. because, uh, in order to um, ring in here, uh, they ring, you know, the number for the uh, unit. Right. But it, it comes through the phone, and you have to pick up the phone and uh, kind of like buzz them in over the phone.
0: This is great. And
1: uh, so it's possible that somebody was here to visit me.
0: Well, now they'll but, go away.
1: Uh, yeah. Now they'll go away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's do one more question. While while we. <laughs> but anyway,
1: that, anyway, I just, oh okay, you know, that's the answer. Yeah, oh, well, you know, no, you're absolutely,
0: you're you're totally right. Of course, about that. That especially in those earlier lessons, there are many of them that have to be taken in sequence. It's like you can't just go this one lesson and and you go, well, that just doesn't make sense, especially if it's someone new to the course's principles. But then as you go to the next one, oh, now I see where now I get it because now it's been explained nice and clearly. So, yeah, I I have never found a contradiction in the course uh, after all these years. And you and I have both been involved about the same length of time and studying the course. Any seeming contradiction is explained somewhere else. And it's not like an excuse. It actually makes perfect sense once you get the bigger picture, as you said. Right, I think that's yeah. true. Well cool. Let me let me do this one other one here. I gotta set something up, you'll see why.
1: Okay. yeah then believe it or not, I have a, a haircut appointment that I have to Wow, it's so, not out of here like in about five minutes. So
0: far, we've or had eight. plumbing, we've had haircuts, we've had <laughs> phone calls. It's like this is like a day I said I think I was t- telling this to our listeners when you were busy with the plumber. I said it's like a reality show now. It's the Gary Renard reality <laughs> show. It's a re- reality show in a podcast, you know we just and then why don't we just go with you? I think you're on your cell phone. Just take it with you and we'll, we'll you'll travel around l a and we'll, we'll we'll build that into our podcast. Yeah,
1: maybe we'll do that someday. You you know, usually we don't get these kinds of interruptions. It's just one of those days, but uh, it's fun actually.
0: It is fun. Yeah, it's crazy, but it's fun. But then so are we. All right, let's do this one more question because you're going to like this one. Dear Gary and Jean, and this comes from a guy who's also named Gary, so he might be he might be smart. Anyway, and (laughs) again, this is a little older one, but uh, he says I've been wishing for a way to ask Gary questions directly. And lo and behold, there is a Gary Renard podcast. How convenient. There are no coincidences. I enjoy and look forward to the podcast very much. Then he says, by the way, many of my friends are guitarists, so I hang out with a bunch of musicians. Here's the question. What do you call a guy who hangs out with musicians? The drummer. (laughs) (laughs) And then he actually said, Gene, insert rim shot here. So that's why I had to throw that. But he says, generally, drummers like things short and simple. So just to make sure I got it right, could Gary expound on Jesus' shortest teaching, be passerby? And he says, thanks for all your spiritual insight and help. That's the other Gary. He lives down in Houston. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. A lot of people, uh, they really like that line. It seems to have a lot of resonance. Be passerby. What What's the deal? Yeah, well,
1: first of all, I've been to Houston uh, a couple of times, and I like it very much. It's a very cool place. Uh, there there's certain places in Texas, like uh, Houston, uh, Austin, uh, San Antonio, you know, very cool places, mm-hmm. very uh, open-minded. Uh, you wouldn't think of them as being like the rest of Texas. Uh, Texas is actually a lot more diverse than people realize.
0: Yeah, big state.
1: Uh, and I, I always enjoy going there. And I've always had a good time there, and I've always done well there. And uh, so Houston's really cool. As far as uh, being a passerby, or be passers-by, as uh, the Gospel of Thomas says, which is a gospel that is near and dear to my heart. And uh, for those of you who don't know, by the way, uh, in the second book, Your Immortal Reality, uh, Persa gave the correct version of the Gospel of Thomas. She cut out all the stuff that was added on during that 300-year period after uh, Thomas passed away, and... uh, you know, it's kind of like it, it's the way that it should have been, the way that it was originally. Uh-huh. And then there's this biblical scholar, uh, Rogier, who wrote a book about Purse's Gospel of Thomas and the Course in Miracles. It's called uh, Closing the Circle. And the subtitle is Purse's Gospel of Thomas and the Course of Miracles. And uh, if you go to my website, there's a, a link that says Recommended Reading. And you can get it there. It's a really great job that Rogier did. Uh, showing how the disappearance of the universe is the bridge between the Gospel of Thomas and A Course in Miracles. And he, he points out uh, all these things that even I didn't know. Plus, uh, you know, Persis so far, has only explained about 22 of the sayings in the books. And that was in Disappearance. And, uh, you know, she talks about it a little bit, but in the second book she actually gives the whole thing. One of the things that Rozier did, aside from showing all these links and how... Uh, Hearst's version of the Gospel of Thomas actually makes more intuitive sense than uh, anything else that's been done. Then on top of that, he actually explains all of the things,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, every one of them. So uh, he did a great job, and I would highly recommend that book called Closing the Circle. Uh, his name is Roger van Glissingen, and he's also translating my books into Dutch. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going I'm going to Holland in late May, ah. and uh, i I guess they're going to have all three of my books out in Dutch, uh, including a retranslation of the first one. So it's kind of like all three are going to be there. Cool. Uh, And I'm really excited about that. But uh, as far as that saying goes, you know, be passers by, it really has to do with uh, giving up your psychological attachment to things, you know, not being sucked into it. You know, realizing that, hey, it's just a a projection that's coming from me, it's not real, it's not something uh, that's. Should be taken seriously. It's not something to covet because it's temporary. And you're a passerby because it's almost like you're saying that. As you're going through life, you're saying, hey, you know, I'm just passing by. You know, this is what the Buddhists would call impermanence. It's not something serious. Uh, it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy it. You know, it doesn't mean that you can't interact with it or have fun with it. You know, one of the analogies that I like to use and I tell people, you know, one of my favorite hobbies is going to the movies. Mm-hmm. When I go to the movies, I know it's not real but that doesn't stop me from enjoying it, and that's the way that this can be. You know, you go into through life, you know, it's not really just a passer-by. You're not taking it seriously. It's almost like saying, hey, you know, I'm just passing by, no big deal. And you're giving up your psychological attachment to it, but at the same time, you live a normal life, and you can even enjoy it and have a good time. Uh, And, in fact, you're more likely to enjoy it if you practice forgiveness, because then you have less unconscious guilt in your mind. And if you have less guilt in your mind, you actually end up enjoying it more. And so here's the Course. You know, you have all these other morose uh, spiritualities out there that are into suffering and sacrifice. And here's the Course in Miracles talking about the happy dream. Right. And about being a happy learner. And uh, one of the characteristics of a teacher of God in the Course is joy. You know, so it's really ultimately about enjoying your life more, not less. Right. The difference is you're giving up that psychological attachment to it, which is what that, you know, very short uh, saying in the Gospel of Thomas was all about. It's like, hey, it's no big deal. I'm just passing by.
0: And this also ties in with what you were saying before about the guy who cuts you off in traffic, having that forgiving attitude, because it's like you're not invested in this. Go, you know, go ahead, smile at the guy and, you know.
1: That's right, that's right, and uh, it makes all the difference in the world. In fact, the Course teaches that that's your one remaining freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this specific Course, uh, I think they start off Chapter 2 with it in, uh, you know, in Your Immortal Reality, it says freedom of choice is your one remaining freedom as a prisoner of this world. You can decide to see it right, you know, and that's where your real power lies. That's In fact, that's the one real power that you have remaining, is mm-hmm. your ability to choose, your ability to see it right. That freedom of choice, where the Course says, choose once again, you know, that's what makes the Course so unique, because it focuses on that and says that that's where the real power is, and all the rest is just kind of like bullshit. You know, so it's like it focuses on that one thing, and it it makes the Course very unique. And it's uh, simple in that sense, but as we said, you know, it may be simple, but it's not easy
0: yeah it's, it's it, the 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 not easy part is is because this seems so real as we've talked about this over and over and it's really the the message it, you know if, if the universe didn't seem so real, we wouldn't be so seemingly invested in it, so that makes it not easy to change that and and turn turn our perception of that around however, it is simple because that's all there is to it is just changing that perception my brother choose again that's you know it's all we it always comes down to just that
1: i think that's true yeah. So, buddy,
0: I'm going to take off. And I was going to say, I'm going to ask you one last thing. Just give us a quick comment on uh, on your, your uh, any comment you want to make on the new year. This is our first podcast for 2009. Just to get you into the mood. <laughs> Those are the actual noisemakers that I shared with Gary. I brought them home with me from New Year's Eve. So, there, they've been immortalized in our podcast. Give us a closing thought, and we'll take it out from there, buddy.
1: <laughs> well... My feeling in general is that 2009 is going to be a great year. Now, it may not be the greatest economic year in history for everybody, but it will be for some people, but that's not the point. The point is it's going to be a great year. Uh, You know, in numerology, nine is a very good number. Uh, Eight is not a good number, but nine is a very good number. And uh, I just have reasons to see things that are in front of me that are going to be very exciting, they are going to be happening uh, for you, for me, for, you know, the people we know. And uh, as far as uh, spiritual transformation is concerned, I think it's going to be a huge year for that. So, um, you know, I I really appreciate uh, doing these podcasts with you and your friendship and all you've done to help me. And uh, I just, you know, see really good things coming up. Uh, for both of us,
0: I really, too. Well, cool. As we said before, before we get all mushy about this, but it definitely goes both ways. You know, this has been a real thrill for the last two years doing these, and I'm really looking forward to uh, an even expanded, uh, uh, expanded menu of podcasting coming your way here <laughs> in the upcoming year and years ahead. So, yeah, we think 2009. I, it's, it's got to be better. I'll tell you, the celebration this year really felt like people were as much glad to see 2008 end as they are glad to see the new year come in that's the first time I've really noticed that that people are like wiping their brow saying thank goodness that year is over with because there was a lot of difficulty for a lot of people here including ourselves you know so uh, here's to a much better year ahead and I think uh, we can look forward to that with confidence I believe
1: absolutely happy new year buddy
0: happy new year to you my dear friend and uh, we will uh, we're planning on another episode very soon and lots more questions for Gary in that one sound good sounds great okay I'll wrap things up by saying the Gary Renard podcast is produced by enlighten up creations and presented by forgiveness.tv verbal content of this program is copyright 2009 Gary Renard and Gene Bogart. And for further information about Gary and all the things we've just been discussing, discussing, and some of them were disgusting. But at any rate, go to his website. It's not disgusting. It's www.garyrenard.com. And for more information on both of us and to follow-up on the podcasts and uh, other little messages from the producer, go to our joint website, forgiveness.tv. And this is Gene Bogart saying thanking you so much for uh, for the last two years of listening and for listening to this episode and the upcoming ones here in this upcoming year. We really thank you, and uh, it means a lot to us, all the wonderful messages that we get from our listeners. So thanks very much from both of us. And as we'd like to close out each episode, and it's even more important now than ever to remember that whatever the situation or question, forgiveness is always the answer.